What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of A Whole Lot of BS presented by Revolution Sports Performance. Really excited to kick off uh, the 2020 podcast season with a few big leaguers and a few guys with big league times and all in different stages of their career. Uh, so I'm really excited to uh, share their stories with you and, and pick their brain a little bit. Uh, talk about everything from development to uh, their stories to the mental side of sports, really. Uh, so it uh, should be a really good time having those guys on. We start off today with Brad Miller. Brad's a local Orlando guy uh, who I've had the pleasure of uh, talking to a good bit and um, just always enjoyed our conversations. And, and I think he's a super bright, uh, very intelligent guy who just has a great outlook on a lot of different issues around the game of baseball and has a uh, different perspective and um, is a guy that's very well thought out and can, uh, does a great job expressing his opinions and his thoughts, as you'll see. Uh, so excited to have him on. Part one, we're going to talk about his amateur career up to um, his year in Tampa where he hit 30 home runs. He has a, a very good story about uh, having to bounce back and deal with failure for the first time in the big leagues and then having to go from being one of the worst statistical players his first full year uh, to um, an established big leaguer and, uh, and what that looked like uh, and, and have, some, of course, some good minor league stories along the way. And then part two, we'll talk about the years since his breakout year and then also get into his thoughts on training and uh, where the game of baseball is headed with technology, pace of play, those sort of things. So really excited for this one, and I hope you guys enjoy it. We are very excited to welcome Brad Miller, a longtime veteran big leaguer now. He's getting up there in age, um, and I kind of joke because he's a few years behind me. Um, have him join us today. I've had the pleasure of uh, running into Brad a few times in our facility, having some really good conversations with him. Uh, he has an awesome viewpoint on a lot of different things. So uh, thanks, Brad, for your time. Really excited to talk to you. Of course, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on. This will be fun. Let's start off, uh, give a little introduction and a rundown of kind of what you, where you grew up and uh, how you've uh, made it to where you are today. Uh, well, I'm from Windermere, Florida. Um, went to Olympia High School um, right down the road from you there. And um, yeah, you know, obviously growing up in Orlando and, and growing up in Florida, getting a chance to play baseball year round was a lot of fun growing up and loved it. And it was competitive and, um, you know, something me and all my buddies did and, you know, really, really enjoyed it and, you know, was able to, uh, played Olympia and then go to Clemson for three years, um, where I had, you know, great experience, you know, still diehard Clemson fan. It's been a lot of fun these last couple of years with football, getting to claim that, but, um, but yeah, and got drafted out of there by the Mariners and was able to, you know, make it up to the big leagues and, you know, just trying to play, uh, as long as I can. So <laughs> it's been fun, learned a lot along the way and, you know, just want to use it and, you know, help people and, uh, you know, see if I can play another 10 years or so. You still follow Central Florida high school baseball pretty closely considering, don't you? Yeah, no, I like, uh, I just kind of have always, you know, been a fan of, of baseball and knowing what's going on. And, and obviously like our little area there uh, in high school is, is pretty, crazy. pretty stacked. Yeah. So, you know, when I was coming out of high school and said, Oh, I went to Olympia, you know, nobody really knew about it. And now, you know, based on all the guys we've had come out of there and be high draft picks. And, you know, Jesse Winker made it to the big leagues as well. And we got a bunch of guys behind him. Um, it's been cool. You know, I say Olympia and people go, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. 
And yeah. I'm like, really? You know, cause that's fairly, you know, it's a fairly young school, but it's cool. And it, it's good to see, you know, central Florida high school baseballs, you know, still really strong. So growing up, were you a baseball only guy? Did you play a lot of sports? When did you specialize? Um, I played, I loved basketball. I played basketball up until my freshman year at Olympia. That was my last year, like barely made the freshman team. And it was awesome. I like fouled out of every game. Um, and (laughs) you know, Oh, it was awesome. And then I realized, you know, I'm not really good. And I, you know, it was a big, it was a big school and, um, pretty competitive. You know, I can't believe I made the freshman team, but, uh, yeah, that was the last year playing and just kind of focused on baseball, you know, pretty intensely year round. So, um, but I loved playing basketball, but that was about it. So you being a central Florida kid and growing up with the Florida, the Florida States, Miami's, how did you decide on Clemson as your, as your school choice there? Um, well, I think I remember just from like when I was a little bit younger, I remember watching Clemson on TV at the college world series. Um, I remember like Quill green, you know, stud shortstop national player of the year. And I just remember like loving Clemson and didn't really have any ties to Florida or Florida state, you know, like a lot of the, the kids that I was growing up with. Um, and I don't know. So I got into high school and my travel ball coach asked me, he's like, where do you want to go to school? And shoot, I didn't even know at this point if I was, you know, what level I was going to play at or whatever, but I told him I wanted to go to Clemson. And, um, we were playing, um, at Daytona state at Daytona beach junior college at the time. And I didn't realize this, but that coach had sent a couple players up to Clemson. So he knew the recruiting guy, Kevin O'Sullivan, who's now at Florida. He knew him very well and had a good series and ended up talking to him after. And next thing I know, um, I'm getting contacted by Clemson. It was legitimately the first school that reached out um, and went on a visit up there. They saw me play at um, the big Jupiter tournament in the fall, went on a visit right after that and committed on the spot. So, um, you know, really I, I was getting like recruiting letters and stuff, but I was pretty much committed my junior year. That was the first place I went, loved it. Didn't want to see anywhere else. And uh, yeah, but I think the biggest thing is like, you know, my parents are from out of state, so I didn't have any like affiliation growing up with Florida or Florida state, but you know, I loved Clemson. I was, I was all in from, from day one. When did you realize that you were pretty good and like better than a lot of the other kids you played with? I don't know. Um, I mean, I always like, I remember as a sophomore, like I made varsity and that was a lot of fun and really cool, but like, I had to work my way in there. You know, I didn't start, you know, I didn't play shortstop, which was my position I ended up playing. Um, And then I think playing summer ball with, um, with Chet Lemon and the juice, I think that was huge just because, you know, you get exposed, obviously, you know, high school, but like travel ball, like the competition is, you know, pretty intense. And honestly, like I didn't think I really belonged on that team you know, I was, uh, I guess I was a rising is after my sophomore year of high school. And, but, you know, he treated me like I did belong and we worked and we got better. And, you know, that's when I started seeing a big improvement. Like I went from, you know, my sophomore year, you know, being on varsity playing 
a good amount. But then my junior year, you know, I was playing shortstop and I was committed to Clemson and, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of grew a lot playing summer ball and being exposed to that coaching and the competition. And then, you know, you start playing against the best of the best and it's fun and you can compete and all that stuff. So I, I don't know. I'd never really thought about it. I just kind of, you know, I love playing, you know, and the best of the best. And the deeper you go into those tournaments, you end up <laughs> facing some pretty good arms and stuff like that. And, you know, hopefully you rise to the occasion and yeah, but uh, we had such a good group and, and a competitive team in summer ball and in high school that, you know, it was just fun. Yeah. The crazy thing is now, if you say you're you committed as a junior and you think of someone that is a big league talent, if they were to come in now as a junior, like the world would fall apart. It'd be like, why are you still uncommitted? You know, like, <laughs> like so late. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I remember uh, when I was on, varsity when i was a sophomore we had a stud justin edwards who was ended up being a third round draft pick out of high school i mean you know he was the real deal and he went on all of his official visits his senior year right before the season and committed you know after him and that was just how it was done so then like when i committed on my unofficial visit it was like oh you know that was early and then i remember by the time we were out of there you know guys were committing younger and younger and all that. And yeah, I mean, if you know, that's where you want to be and that's your dream school, then go ahead and do it. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, it definitely it's accelerated now. Um, you know, but I definitely know I was not the player. I wouldn't have been able to commit as a freshman or a sophomore. I just wasn't, you know, good enough unless they were like, just, you know, projecting or just kind of making stuff up. So, um, but yeah, it is crazy how accelerated the process seems to be now. What was, uh, how seriously were you being considered for the draft at a high school? Um, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say too seriously. I think probably just kind of my profile. I'm a guy that's going to go to college. You know, I wasn't the most physically gifted, you know, I wasn't physically developed yet. Like I needed three years of, you know, development in that way. And also, you know, baseball wise, but I was a nice player. You know, I think the, the scouts in the area, I think they, you know, appreciated how I went about my business and, you know, they wished me good luck and, and I got ended up getting drafted late. Um, you know, just kind of, you know, as a, as a courtesy, I guess. And that was yeah. awesome. You know, I was pretty fired up, but, um, you know, I knew college was going to be the choice for me and, and couldn't have been uh, more excited about that. So you've told me before that sometime, uh, during your junior year of college now, you made the decision mm -hmm. that you, you pretty much wanted to sign. You're ready for the next level. Yep. So when yeah. you have that discussion with your advisor, you know, I don't know if this is the beauty of being uh, a junior in college and just not really realizing exactly what's going on and being naive. But I mean, that puts a lot of pressure on you when you make that kind of statement and commitment to how you perform the rest of the year and you have school uh, and everything else that's going on. So um, what, what made you, what led up to that decision? And then did you feel like once you made that commitment that anything changed with how you went about your daily life or the pressure that you put on yourself to perform or any of that stuff? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it kind of came about organically. I think, you know, my dad, I think, you know, maybe there was some pressure. I, I ended up breaking my finger early in the season and was, um, and actually had to, for the first time in my career at Clemson had to miss, you know, extended amount of time. I think I ended up missing like nine or 10 games. 
And because you started day one freshman year, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was able to go in and yeah, we, you know, competed for shortstop and ended up winning the job at shortstop. And yeah, you know, and fortunately played like, you know, I don't know, all these games in a row until I broke my finger. I played a couple games, but I wasn't very good. So I realized I probably need to take a little rest here. Um, but I remember my first game back was against North Carolina and had a tough game, you know, struck out a couple times. And my dad was basically, he was there with me and he was like, Hey, like, we're not going to do this. You know, we're not going to, you know, be half in half out. Right. Like, are you hurt? And I'm like, I'm not hurt. Like, I'm fine. I just had a bad game. And he's like, all right, well, if you're not hurt, then start playing, you know, like you're not hurt. Um, and we just kind of had this, you know, this big moment and, you know, maybe I was putting some pressure to come back or whatever. And, um, you know, he said, basically, he was like, Hey, like, you know, if you're ready to go at the end of the year, like if you're ready to go and, and try, I guess the next challenge, like it shouldn't matter how you perform, right? Like it shouldn't be like, Oh, I performed well. So now I'm ready to go. Like it was, it was a decision. I felt like, you know, personally, I was ready regardless. I go and have a bad year. Like I wasn't going to get better for another year at school. Like I needed the next challenge. And for real, I mean, for me, I I felt like it took a weight off my shoulders and I just said, okay, like I'm content with this. Like I let's go finish this off, you know, make one more run at Omaha. And I ended up, you know, going off for the rest of the year. And I I think, you know, it's because we kind of, made that decision early. Like it wasn't about money. It wasn't about who drafted me. It was like, no, like I'm ready for the next challenge and we'll see, you know, what, you know, teams think of me, but I'm ready regardless. So. No, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Interesting that yeah, it actually worked in reverse where it took pressure off of you instead of adding uh-huh. pressure to you. So. Um, well, I was already doing that. Like I was putting a ton of pressure on myself. And like I said, I was, I missed time and I'd never been hurt. I just wasn't dealing with it very well. So like right when I came back off of my, um, uh, off my injury, I mean like everything plummeted, like, you know, and I think looking back, it might've only been like five or six bad games, but you know, in college, yeah. you don't have that, that seems many. like an eternity. And exactly. It was yeah. like two weeks, I think. And yeah. then, so finally I was like, you know, let it go. And, and I ended up, you know, going on a nice little, nice little tear there and, um, you know, just becoming a more mature, better player that was ready for the next step too. So one thing I think is really interesting about baseball is going from a big time D one school like Clemson, where you have everything you need more to the low levels of the minor leagues. Um, so you get drafted, you sign with the Mariners and you (laughs) get shipped out to, um, low A to end the season, right? Midwest league. And then you start the next yep. season in high A. So yep. how, just explain the difference in, in lifestyles yeah. of, and, and just like, sure. you know, the parks and the way you're treated and, all, and the money yep. and all that stuff between the two things. Yeah. And obviously um, I'll just tell you this little story about when I first uh, got to low A in Clinton, Iowa. Um, now, obviously at the time, like you really don't think much of it. Like I was excited to be playing pro ball. Like I was ready. I was excited. I was, you know, ready to climb the ladder and work hard and all that. But, you know, my last game at Clemson was a regional we hosted against UConn and, 
you know, there's 7,000 fans probably and the place is just packed. It felt like 30,000, you know, and yeah, Clemson was my favorite stars. place we ever played. Yeah, it was, it's it awesome. was unbelievable. The energy, all that. And you're right. Like we had just been out of school, but you know, Clemson's pretty, pretty nice place to, to spend the summer and play baseball. Um, and yeah. And then I end up the day we got eliminated the next day I got drafted, um, ended up signing right at the deadline, like in August, but, um, I went to Clinton, Iowa, which was our low A affiliate for the Mariners. And, you know, it's the end of the season. Everybody's pretty worn down. I think we only had like 12 games left or something. And I'm excited to be there. None of my teammates are excited to be there. Um, I walk in and it was a really good group and we were a good team, but, um, you know, I ended up crashing on the, there was a two bedroom place that five of us were living in. Nice. Um, I, I had a blow up mattress that like every night it would like fold up over me like a taco. Yeah. Um, there was no internet, which, you know, we're at the field a million hours out of the day, which is fine. Like there was no internet I used, um, because it was so late in the year and I, I like literally went and played and my, I got the wrong size cleats or whatever. So I literally used like the kid that they moved up to high A when I got added to the team, I used his cleats, you know, like found some bats in the back, you know, whereas at Clemson, we had our pick of the litter of yeah, anything, right. You know, custom, everything, you know, all white, everything. Pants were tailored, and, weren't they? Um, pants were literally tailored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time I had any experience with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was exactly. And, and you know, you're picking through the jerseys. Like I remember I get there and the club, he was awesome, but he's like, Hey man, like we don't have any shorts. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you, like get someone from one of your guys and, you know, it's just part of it, but it was definitely, you know, um, you know, ragtag low A it's how low A should be, you know, but definitely extremely different than my experience, you know, at Clemson or like a, a big time, you know, school would be, especially now. I mean, nowadays the facilities are yeah. unbelievable and the equipment, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's wild. So the experience of going to college is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. No, I, when I talk to people now, I think that's the biggest uh, reason to go to college. If you're a hitter uh, is the possibility of skipping some of those lower levels uh, and, and fast tracking your way up to more of like the decent living conditions, uh, where you don't have to spend a, a, you don't have to be in a room with, with, or a two bedroom apartment with five guys. You can go yeah. to a, a, um, a facility that can give you shorts. Like you don't have to, to grind out the, the low minor league lifestyle for as many years. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's still like that in double a and then triple a, it gets a little better, you know, and obviously every affiliate is different, but with, with the Mariners, we had some tough, we had some tough spots, but, um, but yeah, I think that is definitely something, but you know, it's a, it's a give and take because obviously, you know, you're at the professional level, you know, it's, it's, it is a step closer to your dreams. And honestly, like, you know, looking back on it, like I never, like now looking back on it, you're like, and that would be tough to be in low A and Clinton. But like at the time, it wasn't like we were, that was our big leagues. You know what I mean? We yeah. were living in the moment and, you know, not dwelling too much, you know, but um, just kind of trying to go out and, and play our best and get moved up, you know? So 
um, you don't really think about it as much when it's happening, I guess. And then the next year you had the privilege of living in high desert. Uh, so yeah. outside of, we'll get to the park and the baseball. I just need a, <laughs> a good overview for the listeners about what high desert is all about. Well, there is in Victorville, there is, you're in the desert. Exactly. Like you're <laughs> inland in California and there's a max, uh, federal max, uh, security prison there. And, um, on the billboard right by our field, it said, um, Adelanto was like the actual like little uh, city right there. And it said Adelanto city of unlimited possibilities. Like, <laughs> come on, there's literally zero possibilities <laughs> here. There's zero. Um, yeah, it's a tough spot, but the ball flies and we were really good. And yeah, despite our apartment getting robbed of everything we had in it, it was, you know, we won a lot of games and hit a lot of homers. I just picture that place from the stories I've heard as like the hills have eyes type thing where there's just like yeah, that is, yeah. like mutants coming yeah. out of the out of the uh, mountains in the distance. Yeah, no, very accurate, very accurate. Um, yeah, dude, it was uh, it was interesting, but like I said, but I think I was there for about hundred or so games, and you know our lineup was just like you talked about, so. This was all college guys. It was majority, I want to say like eight out of our nine starters were all from big time D1 schools like Virginia, um, Oregon, Clemson, Florida State, Boston College. And, you know, so everybody was ready for that level. And our whole lineup up and down put up some pretty crazy numbers. That's also out of all of the um, ballparks in the high A, that's probably where the ball, the wind blew out the most, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. That in Lancaster, um, the flags would be, um, stiff the whole game. Yeah. I've heard stories of like yeah, clubbies I, hitting, putting on displays of BPs at those places. Yeah. We would have uh, batting practice winded out. Like, um, the wind was too much. So we just wouldn't hit BP. We'd lose every ball, but, um, yeah, <laughs> actually high desert is no longer a team in the minor leagues. So the, the, uh, um, they removed it. Yeah, the facilities were so bad they shut it down, right? It was basically condemned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. So it is not a field anymore. Or a or a place or yeah. Yep. What a so story. Good old high high desert. But everybody knows about high desert. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, us in awesome. Lancaster, like we would play games like twenty six to seventeen and um they hit um we had a game where uh each team each each team had a guy hit for the cycle. We had a game where they hit home runs on three consecutive pitches. Like there was all tons of stuff like that. I remember looking through stat lines and you'd see a starter that had like a five, three ERA and you'd be like, dude, that guy's yep. icing. Yep. And, and it was kind of funny too. Like our, one of our, our catcher at the time, Tim from Oregon is actually the head assistant at Oregon. Now, um, Jack Martyr, he would always say, he's like the Cal league, like people act like, Oh, it's a great place to hit. He's like, but if you, if you are in a slump, you better figure it out quick because you're getting seven at bats that night. Like the lineup <laughs> turns over, like, like you might be in a slump, but your buddies aren't. Yeah. So like, you know, get ready to hit seven times because you know, you're, you're going to get up there. So we played a game where we literally lost, um, I think like 29 to 17 to Visalia, which was the diamondbacks. And I, was over for my first seven. I was the only guy on either team to not get a hit. And then 
I was like the, the in and out double, double batter of the game. You know, if I hit a double, everybody gets a free burger. Yeah. And I finally, in my la- in my eighth at bat, I hit a double, um, to go one for eight in that game. So it's like, you better, you better figure it out quick. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. That's like yeah. a, um, in high school, that's, a, that's like a week's worth. That's one game. Oh yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. You are, you are going to get some at bats in that league for sure. So put up some good numbers there, but really, I mean, it seems like you pretty much dominated the minors. So, uh, you got up, got some time, uh, 2013, correct? Made your debut. Yep. 2013 had a pretty good year or, or half of the year, uh, in the big leagues. And then you came back the next year and it seemed like 2014, uh, was the first time that you had any kind of probably in your whole baseball career, any kind of failure. So being yeah. in the majors and really dealing with failure for the first time, what was, what was it like mentally and, and what would you go through? Mm-hmm. How'd you work it out? What'd you learn? Oh yeah, it was tough. Um, I think the biggest thing, and this is something some of my teammates were telling me at the time, some of the older guys, like, you know, I miraculously somehow stayed up the whole year in 14. You know, I remember early in the year I was, I won the shortstop job out of, at a camp because um, we had just signed Robinson Cano. So I won the shortstop job out of camp. You know, shoot, even I think second night of the season, had two homers, had another one. You know, I had three homers in like the first 10 games. You know, had an incredible spring. So I got off to a good start. And then it just, you know, completely unraveled on me for the next month. And I think middle of May, I was hitting like 150, and it was tough. And I kept looking over my shoulder, you know, when are they going to send me down? Um, and yeah, I just somehow, obviously I got, at some point I got demoted, you know, cause I kind of worked my way back. Um, remember I was over two with two strikeouts and we're facing Max Scherzer and I look up and I see I'm hitting 150 and I'm like with the three homers that I still had. <laughs> um, and I'm like, wow, okay. Like this is not good. And I ended up, he hung me a change up and I ended up hitting a homer. And I'm like, all right, so I'm at my lowest point, right? Where I'm, and I'm facing one of the best pitchers in the league and I just hit a home run. Like that's got to say something, you know? So I ended up a couple of weeks later, they ended up calling up um, Chris Taylor um, and he ended up, um, you know, getting a majority of the time at short for a little bit. And then we kind of worked into a platoon um, because he got off to a great start and kind of, um, you know, slowed down a little bit at the end. And I obviously got off to a bad start, but I, towards the end of the year, I think I hit like 300 in September. And, you know, for me, obviously tons of struggle, tons of doubt. Um, I was on the, you know, everybody knew, right. Like if I was into Coleman went over three, you know, maybe my dad checks or some family, but now like everybody knew, um, you know, my failure was right out there. But at the end of the year, like I was proud to work, you know, my numbers back to whatever they ended up at, because, you know, I knew it was like, I was the worst player in the league and I came out of it. Right. Like I, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. I got better and, you know, I was playing good defense, you know, and all that stuff. And I'm like, all right, that's honestly when I knew at the end of 14, I knew I was a big leaguer. Like when I just had that terrible year, you know, if you just look at just the numbers, you know, but, um, you know, when I think about like the story of 2014 for me, like, I'm like, all right, I was the worst player in the league for a couple months. And then I bounced back and I lost my job. I fought back to, you know, get it in a timeshare and I ended the season strong. So I was like, boom, 
like I went to that off season knowing like I'm a big leaguer, like, you know, felt really good about it. So, um, yeah, it ended up being a, a great year for my career. So you come back and head into spring training in 2015. What's your mindset going into spring training? Um, you know, uh, me and Chris Taylor were battling again for shortstop. And really it was just, I guess, trying to apply the things that I had learned from that previous year. You know, uh, we, we had missed the playoffs by one year, uh, by one game, uh, the previous year. And we had a pretty good team returning, but like the big thing for me was like, Hey, I, like I said, I had this feeling like I know I belong now, you know? So I went in and had another good spring. Chris ended up getting hurt too. So I was the starting shortstop and got off to, you know, the best April of my career, I think still, um, to date, um, you know, hit 300 playing good shortstop. And, um, you know, that year they ended up moving me around a little bit. I ended up finishing the year as our center fielder in Seattle, but, you know, put together a first, you know, my first solid big league campaign, you know, that looks like, Hey, you know, I was consistent all year, you know, I consistently good all year and performed, stayed on the field, played a bunch of positions. And it was like, all right, like, you know, I, I helped us this year and, um, you know, put together a solid campaign. And then it was in the off season, correct? 2015 off season that you got traded. Yeah. After, after 2015, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. right away, like, and I figured I might get traded, you know, we had three, shortstops we had a new gm come in we had me uh we had chris taylor and kettle Marte, and that was kind of like it was a glaring like that was a surplus right like we had we had a surplus and they needed pitching uh they needed starting pitching um you know and that's just kind of how it is i figured one of us would be dealt you know for for some starting pitching but it happened quick it was like november 5th it was like the first trade of the offseason um got traded to Tampa, you know, I was home in Orlando. So it's not like I had to move, you know, anything like logistics wise, it was pretty easy, you know, joining a, a, a pretty exciting, you know, roster down in Tampa. I'd heard, I had heard great things and um, yeah. So it was, you know, a fun off season, just kind of prepping for that, but uh, you know, definitely excited for the next, the next chapter with them. So you go into Tampa and uh, offensively you go off and have a monster mm-hmm. year. You have 29 doubles, 30 home runs, 80 RBIs, um, you know, 600 at bats, way more at bats than you've ever had before uh, mm-hmm. playing all the time, hitting, you know, in the lineup every day. So what, what happened? Like what was, what was the light switch that went off for you? Um, I think, you know, it was just a culmination of obviously like at the time, um, I got up to a tough start offensively, you know, like in April, I hit like 190 with one homer, I think. Um, and I was playing every day though, which was great. They were incredible. You know, they told me, Hey, like you're, you know, we're going to run you out there, you know, like you're, you're our guy, um, which definitely helped. And, um, I just think using like getting off to a slow start before and, um, then kind of end of, you know, in May I hit some homers. So I think I had maybe five or six and then beginning of June, honestly, I was just kind of mad. Um, I remember we're playing, uh, the giants and Jeff Smart just pitching and you know, like you follow baseball, like, you know, if I'm a left-handed hitter, like 
if I can't, if I can't do damage and put up numbers against right-handed starting pitching, then, you know, I'm not going to be in the game much longer. Um, you know, that's just how it is. Those are the guys you got to take care of. You know, that's kind of why they have you. And, um, I was like over three with three, like rollovers and I was mad. And like, I was my stance, I was locked up. It was not on, it was unathletic. It was just you know nothing crazy. So I just got mad and I was like, you know what, I'm going to just hit this as hard as I can. And I ended up standing up a little taller using my legs better, not really knowing what I was doing, but you know, my leg comes off the ground and I hit a foul ball, like, uh, down the left field line, but like way deep. And I was like, Whoa, I'm like, that's all pretty good. So you that made this cool. adjustment like, in the middle of a game. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was mad. That's when the best <laughs> adjustments come. Nice. Cause I was just like, Hey, point blank. Like I told myself, I'm like, Hey, if I can't get, like if I can't get a hit off of, you know, a right-handed starter, yeah. then like, I'm not going to be playing very much longer. Like that's yeah. just it. Um, so yeah. So then a three, two, I ended up hitting probably one of the hardest balls of my life, a laser beam Homer to left center. And, you know, I just kind of unlocked, I guess I got out of my own way. You know, I was able to, to be fluid and athletic and use my own body and have some intent to do damage, you know, without like thinking about, okay, get my foot down, do this, use my legs like this, you know? And I just kind of went on a roll. Like I, before I knew it, I had 30 home runs and, you know, I was, had some confidence in the box and was ready to just, you know, back leg balls and, you know, hitting some dude's nachos. So, um, you know, yeah. And obviously then I realized, you know, obviously I, I realized kind of what I was doing. I realized why I was hitting the ball harder and you know, I was able to use my legs more efficiently. So a bunch of little things, but yeah, I remember just being mad um, because I was not, you know, not doing what I needed to do. Uh, that's, I mean, that story kind of sums up why I wanted to talk to you. Uh, Cause I, that's just, just such a Brad thing. And I love it. Uh, <laughs> always interesting. Yeah, I was mad. Great stuff from Brad there. Uh, I think it's such a, like we ended with such a Brad thing just to decide in the middle of the game uh, to start swinging harder and uh, add a leg kick in and, and just go for it right in the middle of the game. And uh, obviously the results spoke for themselves. So great stuff from him. Uh, looking forward to finishing up next week with part two. We will get into his injuries and how he's had to bounce back from that and the adversity he's gone through there, along with how he has learned how to manage his body and uh, maybe some things that he would have done slightly different over the years and some advice to some younger guys, along with some rapid-fire questions at the end. Thanks again, Brad. Make sure that uh, the listeners please read, rate, and review. And uh, if there's any suggestions you have for future pods, please leave those as well, and we'll try to get to them. Thanks.